Life Audio. You're listening to Therapy and Theology, and I'm your host, Carly Merclear. This podcast is a space where we explore popular topics and questions related to the convergence of faith, feelings, spiritual formation, and more. My prayer is that through these conversations, we will grow in our awareness of who we are as beloved children of God, learn to acknowledge our needs and emotions with curiosity and compassion, and rediscover the purpose and power of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. As a licensed therapist and ministry leader, I want to give voice to the many questions we face while cultivating a clearer view of how our faith informs our healing journey. I don't have all the answers, but I am committed to going deeper and walking together. So whether you've been to therapy or know exactly what you believe when it comes to theology, I want to invite you to join this journey as we fearlessly name the complexities of our present reality and press into the hope of the gospel story. So are you ready? Let's jump into today's question and begin this journey together. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. But look around you, your family, your faith. They're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Therapy and Theology. I'm excited to continue our discussion on relational roadblocks and ways to address them with practical strategies. Last week, we explored the all-too-common roadblock of lack of boundaries that tend to impact our relationships with feelings of overwhelm, guilt, people-pleasing, and resentment. So today, we are going to build upon these principles by looking into the challenges of communication. During my grad program, we often talked about how communication was key to healthy relationships. Yet I also see how the quality and consistency of communication is equally as important to the connection and safety we create in relationships. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a conflict and in reflection, you didn't remember what the conflict was even about? (laughs) Me too. This happens, right? Communication frustrations, disagreements, hurt feelings, assumptions, you name it. These are all falling under the umbrella of communication. We all know and have experienced what communication breakdown feels like in our relationships. But what is it that makes us not want to communicate or not communicate well? So I have three things that I think I often come to when it's my own process of not wanting to communicate or having a hard time communicating in a healthy way. Number one, I feel like sometimes it's really hard 
and uncomfortable to have that conversation, right? Have you ever been there? Like, I don't want to have this conversation. It's going to be uncomfortable. And maybe it's uncomfortable for various reasons, but I think for myself, it goes into the second part here of oftentimes it's uncomfortable because I have to be vulnerable emotionally. I don't know about you guys. I talked about this in the last few episodes that I don't really love vulnerability in its rawest forms, right? Who does? But this is a practice. And so if we aren't practiced in being vulnerable or even know our emotions, right, we won't be able to have conversations that are effective or in some ways, those conversations will be very uncomfortable, right? And I think also one of the other reasons I think we tend to shy away or avoid conversations that we need to have that are really important to our relational repair is that I think they oftentimes can create conflict which is interesting, right? You're thinking, wait, why is communication going to create conflict if it's built to help us reduce conflict? But here's the thing. Conflict is actually a good thing. Now, before you disagree with me, hear me out, because I think it's really important to note that conflict is not the problem. The way we handle the conflict causes problems. So I think there is a misconception that we're not supposed to ever have conflict. And maybe we've grown up thinking this in our family systems, or we've learned that conflict equals something really bad happening or unsafety, et cetera. But when we think about it, we are all different people, right? We have all different personalities and all different styles of communicating and all different thoughts and feelings. And so it's just natural that we would have conflict in the sense that we will have disagreements on what we want and what we don't want, et cetera. But how we approach those things is really, really important. So the question is this, what is going on, right? What is going on beneath the surface? I think sometimes an argument or frustration or even assumptions placed on another person can be often our own process. And we bring that into another person's process, don't we? I know I do. And more often than not, our communication or lack thereof, depending on what side you fall on, can become a significant roadblock to love, empathy, forgiveness, and intimacy. So the first thing I tend to talk about when I talk about communication with my clients is how are you communicating? Do you know what your communication style is? This is vital because if we don't know how we are communicating, we don't know how we're interacting with others and how they may receive our communication. With that being said, let's do a quick rundown of communication styles. Number one, passive communication. Let's call this a continuum because I like continuums. Passive communication tends to feel lesser than others or unworthy. Maybe you apologize a lot. You're not going to speak up for yourself if someone does something you don't like. Maybe you place other people's feelings or your assumption of their feelings, that's key, over your own feelings about the situation. And the lack of communication often happens with passive, right? The passivity of it is that we're not actually communicating how we think and feel. But in addition to passive communication style, which places other people's feelings over their own and maybe isn't the first to speak up, we also have the other side of this continuum, which is aggressive communication. This demands being heard. It might get loud, directive, or defensive, and argumentative even, and it places one's own feelings above another. So it is a lot more self-focused in this sense and not really perceiving or really caring about the feelings around them. Now, there is a caveat here because on this spectrum, there is also something called passive aggressive. We all know it, right? We've probably all experienced it, if not shared in it. Passive aggressive would be saying a side comment that 
is getting our feeling out, but we're doing it in a way that's aggressive, but tamed, right? And so thinking of it this way, we can see how either side of this continuum or the mix of the two can be really damaging to our relationships. If we don't speak up, people can't know us fully. And if we speak up too loudly in a way that's almost offensive or hurtful, we can lose connection in our relationships. So there is a middle ground here, and it's called assertive communication. Assertive communication sees both people in the conversation as worthy. It is directive, and it wants to work together. So it's validating both my own feelings and the feeling of someone else, but we're not negating my feelings altogether or making my feelings the only thing that's important. What I love about psychology and structures like communication styles is that the scriptures so evidently point back to a lot of these concepts. So assertive communication is a lot of what James 1.19 talks about when he says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This is a hard passage for me. And it is a practice to learn skills to slow down, listen well, and speak clearly and kindly. And so I want to teach you three techniques today that come out of this passage that help us in assertive communication that can build back our relationships. And so when we have conflict, thinking of it as, hey, you're on my team, we got to figure this out together. We're going to set the problem outside of us and work as a team to figure it out. And these three skills can help you do that. So the first skill here is what James refers to as quick to listen. <laughs> listening skills are hard. And as a therapist myself, we were trained in listening skills. I had a whole class on listening skills. There was one time when we had to do these triads and sit with other classmates and we had to listen and just listen and reflect for five minutes. And let me tell you, it is really hard to not ask questions. It is even more hard to not ask questions when we are in conflict or when we're feeling very frustrated or hurt, right? So again, practicing these things can be helpful. So with listening skills, one of the things that I think can be the most effective is reflection. Reflection skills are simply just saying what you think you heard the other person say, right? What I love about this, and I do this in some family sessions, is that when we hear something, we sometimes can take it in differently, right? So this is what we call messaging. When I hear someone say something to me, I can take it in and then internalize it differently than maybe how they were trying to say it. And so we have to be clear when we're listening to someone, if they're saying something to us or about something else or about how they feel, it's helpful to reflect. So, hey, I heard you say this. Is that right? Or something along the lines of, so you've been feeling really blank, fill in the blank, right? This can be helpful because what we're doing is we're tracking with what that person is saying. I don't know about you, but it's sometimes really hard to track and listen well if I'm already trying to think about what I'm going to say next. So if we can slow down and be quick to listen, we can reflect back what that other person is saying so that we can be clear before we move on. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. 
Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And that's the next step. The next technique here is what we call clarification. Now, clarification can be many different skills, but I want to talk about one specifically. I want to talk about clarifying assumptions. Do you ever make up what other people are feeling or thinking in your head and then assume that when you go into interactions with them? Because I know I do. And this is something that can really impact us relationally. If we already assume that someone is upset with us, or if we already assume that they are going to be frustrated or disappointed or whatever, whatever the assumption is, whatever the story we tell ourselves is, right? We are going to act differently. So we have to check those assumptions, clarifying. Here is where we can use open-ended questions and ask. So help me understand. Or so I want to clarify what you just said. Is this what you meant? Or with the assumptions, it can be, so I'm assuming that you feel this way. Is that true? Right. Just using some quick open-ended questions can help you interact and understand each other so much more. And then thirdly, responding statements. Here's when it gets tricky, right? Because we've listened, we've clarified, and now we have something to say in response often, right? And I think that it's helpful, at least for me, when I am heightened, so to speak, or frustrated, I need to take a step back, right? And so I tend to encourage people, if you're frustrated, something that comes out of our mouth, right? Slow to anger. We might need to take time to calm that anger or frustration before we can respond. So that really is a checking in and a self-awareness of what we're feeling at that moment. But when we're regulated and when we're able to have a conversation, when we can rightly respond, we want to use an I statement. And maybe you've heard this before. I statements are very simply... I feel fill in the blank when enter the event. So I feel upset when you're always on your phone. And then we finish with clarifying why that is. So I feel frustrated when you're on your phone because it makes me think that you're not caring about our friendship. I would prefer that when we hang out together, you don't be on your phone the whole time, right? So here's a really simple way. I feel when, and then because it makes me think blank, And then I would prefer whatever that is that you prefer. In addition to I statements, boundary setting and validation can be also really helpful responses. 
What I mean by that is boundary setting can be, I've noticed and I'd prefer. So in addition to an I statement, we can use boundary setting to be, I've noticed you've been on your phone a lot and I'd prefer that you are not on your phone so that we can spend time together. And validation of feelings here in response can be also helpful. So the validation would be, I can understand that that would be upsetting. If we can align and respond to the validate the feeling, maybe not the situation, I can understand though that someone could be upset about that because I've been upset about that kind of thing too. So it allows us to win the argument together instead of blaming or shifting or becoming angry. This is hard work, but I encourage you to practice listening through reflection, clarifying assumptions with open-ended questions and curiosity, and responding with what you feel and think and need. There are so many benefits to healthy communication when we practice them, and they improve our relationships and can increase our ability to be known and know others well. There are so many biblical examples of communication in scripture. And I mean, the whole word of God is his word to us, his communication to us. But I think of one of the first interactions in the garden, and it makes me laugh every time because Adam and Eve had just sinned and are hiding from God. And God has this conversation with them. And I think it is so powerful. Whenever I think of that, God didn't need to have a conversation with Adam and Eve. He could have just sent them out of the garden, but instead asks them open-ended questions. Where are you? Who told you that? And this, I think, is such a beautiful picture of how God comes to us and wants to communicate to us, and we can then communicate to others. And we see Jesus did this in his ministry. He was the most curious person I know. He asked so many questions, and he clarified so many things, and his responses were so full of grace and kindness. And so what does this look like for our spiritual formation? Because when I think about communication, I think about first our communication with the Lord. I don't know about you, but I have had some hard conversations and hard relationships in my life where I have had to take time to really ask for the Lord's empowerment and the spirit to be at work within me. I don't want to sugarcoat communication skills and just say, yes, with practice, you'll be great. We won't have any conflict or challenge. Because that's not true. I believe fully in my heart that communication comes from a heart that is turned to God. Because we need the Holy Spirit to do a work in our hearts within those relationships. It starts with our communication with God. One of the ways that I do this is through listening prayer. And I've talked about this before in other episodes. But the idea here is when we oftentimes pray, I think we can pray a lot about what we want and need and feel towards God, what we're asking him for. But how often do we listen for God? Listening prayer works in the way of silence and allows us to be still and quiet ourselves before the Lord. And a simple way to do this practice would be to sit in a comfortable position, take a few deep breaths, and focus on maybe a phrase or a scripture passage, which will help ground you if your mind starts to wander. And I oftentimes will set a timer for this and allow myself to deeply breathe in and exhale and allow the Lord to be in that silence. And what this does is it allows us to not only pause and be still, but it allows us to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and renew our minds and renew our hearts and listen for what God is telling us. I think it's interesting, and I'll close with this thought, is that 
in James, right after he talks about the taming of the tongue, at the end of that chapter, he talks about wisdom. And he also talks about wisdom, right, at the beginning of chapter one, and this idea of asking God for wisdom. And he notes in verses 17 and 18 that wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And so I want to use this last part of our time together to give you some reflection questions so that we can not only cultivate some practical skills for communication, but also bring it to a soul level that we can ask ourselves, what is the wisdom that we are cultivating in our hearts? And how is that coming out in the way that we interact with others? So here are the questions that I ask myself in seeking wisdom that comes from God. Following the pattern of this passage in James 3, verses 17 and 18, is first pure. Pure, what is my motive in saying this? Peaceable, will this cause division or repair in my relationship? Gentleness, what is my tone and feeling? Open to reason, am I ready for input? Full of mercy, what is my perspective of this situation? Good fruit, have I invited Jesus into this with me? Impartial, what are my biases? And sincere, how can I show I truly care? Let's continue to seek healing in our communication and allow the Word of God to dwell in us richly. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Therapy and Theology. If you have a question or topic you would like discussed on a future episode, please feel free to email me or drop it in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe to have each week's episode instantly downloaded to your podcasts and see the show notes for resources mentioned in this episode. To access more content and join my monthly email list for the latest updates and info, visit my website at carlymarkwilliard.com. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.